This is WHRO News. I'm Gina Gamboni. Today, we are continuing a series called At a Crossroads. Coastal Virginia experiences the fastest rate of sea level rise on the eastern seaboard, and that's only expected to accelerate. WHRO's Sam Turkin has been speaking with people about their experiences living in the most flood-prone areas in our region. He brings us this audio postcard from two families, including one that's already rebuilt their home after a devastating flood. My name is Margaret Buxton, and this is my husband, Bobby Buxton, and we live at Dinwiddie Street, Portsmouth, Virginia. We've been here for about 30, what, 30 some years? 38. My name is Mark Chork. I live at Messick Road, Pecosa, Virginia. I moved out here in 1986. Our house is located right on the Elizabeth River. We have a fantastic view to the water. Our grandchildren now come over and they play outside. We love the convenience to downtown and to the interstate and we love the people in the area. It's a fisherman town. You go up to the end of Messick Point. You got the wooden boats. You become friends with all your neighbors. Everybody knows everybody. People older kind of enjoy walking and the fall, the leaves changing, and the, and the scenery, and all that kind of stuff. All around, it's all marshland. So we're all surrounded by water. You can see it's a quiet place. You hear owls hooting at nighttime out here. It's marvelous. I mean, they'll be over there, and they'll be over here, and they'll be talking to each other. I hoot at them. <laughs> and it seems like they hoot back. I go, woo, you know, and they'll be like, woo, woo, <laughs> you know? All the stuff that makes up a good lifestyle was here until the flooding seemed to have come and decided to destroy the whole picture. <laughs> this will flood back here. It just all backs up and comes in. So you live out here, it's like you really watch the weather, you watch the tides. It backs up in the street. It appears as though that this is the lowest part of the city and all the water drains faster than it can go down. So that's causing the backup. I've been standing in my garage when a northeastern comes through, and I could see the water coming across the street. And I'm like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And then it starts trickling in. There's nothing you could do. It's been in the house at least three times. We've had to replace floors, carpet, you know, all of that. And in addition to that, it damages the foundation. It keeps the ground wet. In 38 years, we probably spent close to $270,000 in repairs. Flood insurance on this piece of property went from $4,000 a year to almost $13,000 a year. I've lost three cars. I had two that I, that was damaged. A couple of friends have lost their cars in front of the house. You know, we were my sitting son. Like, oh my gosh, you didn't know it was, didn't they, I didn't even know it was flooding. And didn't even know there. it was raining. When you look outside, the car's underwater. It's like walking on glass because you got all these hurricanes out there. Isabel was bad. Oh, Isabel. Isabel was the worst. It got as high as a chain leak fence. There was boats floating down the street. This area was underwater for about three days. That's the, the what it just sit there. It didn't go out to the bay. It smells. The house was built in 1917. I was remodeling it for 18 years. I just 
was in the process of putting a new porch on. I always wanted a front porch, you know what I mean, to sit on. But when all the water got in the house, the floor caved into the center of the house. So it was not feasible to rebuild the house. We had it tore down. It was devastating. So I thought about it a while. I said, you know what, though? I guess we'll stay because of our neighbors. We got such a great relationship, so that's why we stayed here. Matter of fact, I think I was the first house that was built after Isabel. This is all part of the same issue. The walls are cracking. You see that crack right there? This separates the wall from the structure of the house. This part of the house is sinking. So the house is going down this way, so it's causing the whole house to tilt in that direction because the ground is always wet. If we don't do something, it's going to continue and we will not have a livable property. Been here for years and I'm just tired of it. Me and my wife are getting up in age. The kids are growing up, you know, they left the house. That's why I'm in the process now of fixing the house up and painting the decks and everything. And uh, I'm going to put it on the market. It's been for sale. But then, you know, it the price, the asking price that yeah. we asked for, nobody wanted to pay it. And then we would get offers that would say, okay, we'll pay that, but then we need you to fix this, fix, fix, fix that. So if we're going to fix all that, we might as well stay here. Later on in the future, what are they going to do with this? You lose, right? One day there's going to be water here and you're not going to be able to live here unless you get by boat. Because this global warming, it's serious. So that's why I'm looking to move on, get out of here. Our first option would be repair and stay longer. Rebuild. And rebuild, you know, and enjoy the leisure of what we have around here. The city just needs to let us know what direction they're moving in. 20 years from now, hopefully they have put in enough pipes and pumping stations to circumvent that water to go out to the river and not come down the streets. If going forward it may not be that, you know, then we would have to consider probably selling it at some point through the years. I did raise my family here. It's going to be hard. I'm going to miss it, but I'm not going to regret it. I'm a comedian for my family, so I got to give you this, and you're going to enjoy hearing this. I used to hear people at church say, well, Jesus walked on water, which is powerful. And you know what I say? Jesus just let me wade through it. <laughs>